When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. No! Ta-da! I'm living proof, baby. Miracles happen. How about that? You laugh, Alan, but Google's bailed me out of a lot of uh, things. I'm telling you, I had muscle cramps. It said, eat walnuts, almonds, and bananas. I've been, you see, I've been eating them like crazy. No cramps! Who needs doctors when you've got Google? This is the Rod Peterson Show. Uh, it is. Welcome to Hour 2, everybody. Hour 2 of the RP Show on this Tuesday. Emanating from the bunker out here in uh, Western Canada. That's all you need to know. Second half kickoffs brought to you by Core Grain. Doing the right thing for your farm. And about 10 minutes ago, I guess I... I uh, lit something of a stink bomb, and then I kind of walked away, Moose. Okay. And so I should, and I never mentioned it on the air what I did. So now as we go to air for the second hour, little scoopage I got this morning. I've tweeted this with a cute little gif of Daryl Sutter. If you go to my uh, Twitter feed, at Rod Peterson, I'm told there's a buyer for the Calgary Stampeders. How about that? that? How about that? And that just came down this morning. And I can go into the... I can go into my messages and sort of give you a little more nuts and bolts of what I was told, but that there is a guy who wants to remain private, wants to buy the Calgary Stampeders from the Calgary Flames. And it's interesting. Grant Biebrick, remember him? Yeah. My former boss, big Stamps fan. We had a tough time getting along. He writes, didn't know they were up for sale. Everything's for sale. Always. Say it again. Everything's for sale. Everything's for sale. Always. Always. Aza writes on Twitter, hopefully Calgary Sports and Entertainment Corporation is selling. They're almost as bad as MLSE. So these, these are some of the responses from CFL on Reddit. Wait, did I miss something? The stamps are up for sale? Everything's Yet. for sale. Say it again. Always. Everything is for sale. What did the, million, what did the million dollar man Ted DiBiase say? Maybe you're not old enough. <laughs> Everybody has a price. Everybody has a price. He says a few things. Oh, you've so used, you remember who he is used, then. Oh, yeah. You've used a few of his lines on the show. I'm just trying to, which one are you looking for? <laughs> Everybody's got a price. Uh, so there's that. All kinds of comments coming in here now from Get Dagger in Edmonton. Money talks. From Randolph Zora watching in Ontario. Calgary Stampeders football brought to you by The Brick. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's Bill Comrie. He's been in the CFL game before and lost his shirt 
By the way, from the 647, this is funny. That's, uh, that's Toronto, right? Area code? I think so. Hey, Rod. Here's the thing. I asked you people near the end of hour one to pick up your phone and text me. And they did. I love how that works. It's just mind-blowing that you can text the guy coming out of the screen and he'll respond to you. Never gets old for yeah. me or you. That's right. From the 647. Hey, Rod, love the show. Love your rants. Have you ever seen Moose get mad? Hilarious you would ask that. <laughs> and you know why I say that. I just saw it last week for the first time. The first time. And I'm not going to say the circumstances as to why. You, re you remember it. Doesn't happen it often. It was right out here in the lobby. Doesn't happen often. <laughs> right? No. Doesn't happen often. And as I sit here and think about it, I haven't had rants for a while for Bronco Plumbing and Heating. Like, I haven't really lost it. I've had a few minor ones. Yeah. Robert in Winnipeg writes in on the, from the 204. Hi, Rod. Love the show. Andrew Harris and Darvin Adams both not practicing for the second straight day. Looking forward to meeting Moose and yourself Friday at the game. What are we going to wear to the game, Moose? Well, we'll have to go Thursday. Well, maybe when we get in, is the Bomber Store, Team Store going to be open? Oh, yeah. Well, when you were out fixing your hair or whatever you were doing earlier, I said yeah. that I can finally walk into the Bomber Store and buy something right. for the first time in my life. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to be buying something. But if I wear a bomber pullover, I'm going to fit in like everybody else there. Maybe, and maybe that's a good thing. But uh, Friday's show, live from Canada Life Center in, in Winnipeg, the sports doctor, Dave Patrician, is going to be on. And I think you heard this story. Mark CFL week a few years ago when it was in Winnipeg, the sports doctor took me to a game, a moose game, which I loved. Had a lot of buddies playing in the game. Okay. J.C. Lapon was, was the best player on the ice for the Manitoba Moose, which should surprise nobody. Anyways... We were doing loser laps around the concourse, yeah. as we like to call it, in between periods. People were yelling at me. People were, hey, Peterson, go home, which the sports doc loved. Of course. He loved it. Of course he did. I didn't. Because as you know, you've known me long enough now. We met in 2015. I don't like to be recognized when I'm out. I don't. How are you with that? I'm okay with it. You're still it. a little surprised when you get of recognized. Of course. And it yeah. does happen a lot, but it's, it's still a surprise. And so I'm still flattered. Um, so I'm okay with it. I'm You're okay, okay with it? Okay. But, you if, know. If you yeah. see DuPont at IG Field on Friday night, <laughs> you go up and harass him. No, please don't. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to be flattered by it. Now you're going to get me annoyed by it. Uh, I'm starting to get angry. George is getting upset. <laughs> Spicy. Jeff from Winnipeg writes in and says, J.C. LaPon's a classic. Favorite Moose player. Yeah, he played in Latvia this year. I still see J.C. every summer, which, by the way, I had a J.C. LaPon. You do. In front of the helmet. Alan, I'm going to put you to work. Alan, the intern, the Asian sensation. Can we put the camera on him? Alan, can you run into the back room and grab the J.C. LaPon jersey? It's the one that says LaPon on the back. There. How Thank you. That? And you can just throw it to me. We literally have no 
roadmap for this hour right now. Have you noticed? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Uh, well, as long as you're okay with it, you're the boss. Of course. And while he digs out the J.C. LaPon jersey, there's some news from the Canadian Football League. Abdul Kana, who had a 102-yard interception return for a touchdown that anchored the Ottawa Red Blacks 16-12 road win over the Edmonton Elks, was named the CFL's top performer, pop, top performer this morning. Also selected, while well, we're all still young, Alan. Thank you, buddy. Great throw. That's good. Holy I think smoke. we'll keep you. Oh, I, good one, Rod. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I thought the whole desk was going to get wiped off when that jersey <laughs> These guys came are in. Always so worried. Uh, this, I, I thought it was a moose jersey, but it's not. Look at no. that. St. John's ice caps, and then this from J.C. Lapont. Yeah. You wouldn't believe what we have, by the way, in the back from what players have given us. Oh, I know. Okay. Oh, actually, our Legends Hall. It's not even signed to me, by the way, now that I, I look know, at it. It's I to know. somebody else. You just saw that. <laughs> it was re-gifted. This thing was re-gifted. Listen, there's a painting in the, not the lobby, Legends Hall, as we say, at the entrance of the Pats goalie, Mike Risdale, and it's signed. If you go look and see who it's signed to, it's signed to, like, Norm. What? Yeah. Best wishes, Bill Hickey. And I got it from Johnny Athens. So I said, Johnny, how, how did you get this? It's not even signed to you. He goes, I want it in a card game. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, hang this up, please, Alan, in the lobby where that empty uh, hanger is. Thank you. Right, right outside right the door. Below, thank you, Alan. Right below my 1,000-game plaque, if you don't mind. Whew. How arrogant did that sound? <laughs> From Craig Campbell from the Hockey Hall of Fame. FYI, no signatures preferred for those that you wish to donate in the future to the Hockey Hall of Fame. I'll say this about Craig Campbell from the Hockey Hall of Fame. He's not afraid to ask, Moose. That's right. (laughs) How else are you going to fill that place up? We had a big old time last night with his crew from the Hockey Hall of Fame last night. I'm very attached to my jerseys. That should surprise no one. That's right. So when I die, I'll be donating all of that stuff to the Hockey Hall of Fame. How about that? Look at these jerseys up here. Can that camera hit those? Probably not. Probably not. The outdoor classic game. Moose Jaw Warriors about to be extinct jersey up here on the wall. I just, I'm, I'm very attached to these jerseys. That's why I paid exorbitant, exorbitant sums for them. Yeah. <laughs> Randy... Nichols watching, and he says, always watching on Game Plus TV from Cochrane, Alberta. The RP show just gets better all the time. I misread that for a second. I thought he said it gets better at halftime, which is where we are right now. That would have been funny. The second half kickoff brought to you by Core Grain, doing the right thing for your farm. So I tried to get serious for a second there. And I've read uh, the Players of the Week. Tyler Fabry on YouTube says, bold take. Kenny Lawler is going to be the number one receiver for the Bombers this year. Maybe best in the league. Oh, you got all these Bomber fans checking in. How about Milt Stiegel calling that, by the way, that he said, watch out for Kenny Lawler. He's going to have a great game. And then he goes out and has two touchdowns. It's like Milt was in the meetings. Right. I enjoyed that Winnipeg game. I don't know. Let's... <laughs> 
Let's talk about it. Before we do, let's just go back for those that didn't have the benefit of watching last hour from the warm-up. Can you? It's 11-11. Make a wish. Can you put up the photos from last night, Clark? Again, for those that missed it, the Stanley Cup was in town last night. We spent Monday with Stanley. And I wanted to tell this story. You can roll through them fairly quick. You see that Tampa Bay quarter zip I got on? One of my favorite jackets. Producer Clark with his dad, Rod. Uh, That's Al Murray, the guy who was being honored last night. He is the assistant general manager and director of scouting for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He threw that party. And there's Phil Pritchard, the keeper of the cup. So, Phil, because I cut all the cake for the guys at our table. And I think you were standing there. That's good. Thanks, Clark. He goes, uh, how much cake is left? I'm like, a lot. He goes, how many cakes are there? I said, three. He's like, there's more coming. Wow. Phil Pritchard says, I don't know if they ended up eating all the cake last night or not, uh, because we left early. But when I was sitting at the table of referees, and I really enjoyed that, by the way, more than you'd think. Yeah. Because referees aren't the funnest people in the world. They're just not. They're like, I'll just stop before I offend more groups of people. But they, they're like, oh, did you run over to Ultimate Fan Zone and buy that, buy that lightning pullover? And I'm like, A, how about that they knew that? Right. <laughs> they knew. <laughs> the number one merch store on the prairies, Ultimate Fan Zone, Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. I said, guys, I got gear from every team. And right from the venue, by the way, every team. So when we go to these Stanley Cup parties, when the cup comes through here in the, in the hockey hotbed, I'm always, I'm always dressed for it. Yeah. Uh, Nelson, our content creator, says, Dallas Cowboys, hard knocks starts tonight. I will be watching. Uh, where was I? I was going to talk about the CFL. Well, the other news here is that uh, out of BC, the Lions are saying that it looks like Nathan Rourke will start his uh, second consecutive game here. We haven't got to the betting lines yet for week two. It's funny how those odds makers didn't even want to touch those games till like the morning of the game oh, last I know. week. Gotta say, kudos to all of the CFL players, coaches, officials, uh, league office, that the total Margin of victory for four games was 24 points. You couldn't ask for better than that. Yeah. And that was my point. That's why sooner or later, I always come back and figure out what I was going to talk about. Yeah. So I was talking to that Argo guy this morning and he said, yeah, we got our hands full this week. And I said, what's this week? He's like, we're in Winnipeg. I'm like, oh yeah, we're going to be there. I forgot. I can't wait to go watch a game that does not involve the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That's going to be... Pretty new for me, yep. aside from a Grey Cup. Right. But another regular season game. And I said, so I'm sitting here kind of giving him a pep talk going, wow, the Bombers look good, but they're not world beaters. I mean, you guys went into Calgary and handed them their ass. Well, it was only a three-point win, but they went into Calgary and won. But they're giving respect to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, which is what you would want, right? They yeah. know that they're going to have their hands full. Yeah. What do you think about the matchup? Yeah, you know, they are. And I think, you know... The Argos have another... They're going to have things to prove all year long, right? The Argos will have stuff to prove every game because... Yeah, Everybody Calgary, does. And it doesn't matter if you beat Calgary and people think that Calgary is one of the best teams in the league perennially, but now you got to play the defending champs. And then you beat them, that won't be good enough, right? So they're going to continue to have a chip on their shoulder week after week after week. Winnipeg doesn't. 
They're the defending champs. They won. You know, if they drop a game, big deal, right? We still expect them to win. Toronto, we're just waiting for them to fall off. And I just think that's a good place to be if you're the Argonauts. Keep them hungry. Um, They've got something to prove. How much are we waiting for them to fall off, though? (laughs) I mean, you look at the Grey Cup odds. They're last. They were last coming into the season to win the Grey Cup. That reminds me. Last. You know Morgan. Yeah. She sent me some viewer mail. Now I'm just getting it near the end of the segment here. Here it is. And we got a couple minutes here. From Peter. Wrote into the show at rodpeterson.com. Hey, Rod. My 19-year-old son and I were watching the Argos stamp game, and we were both wondering, there's no way the Argos are even close to being under the cap. Watching players like Rodgers and Hughes and a lot more prancing around the field just makes me a bit pissed. How the hell can they get away with that crap? Any thoughts, Rod? (laughs) This is from Peter. Um, I would say that's not for you to worry about. That would be my first thing. But I get it. When we were the Blue Jays, you know, when the Yankees were running away with the American League East all the time and there was nothing stopping them. We were all mad about that, right? Of course. Not, not, there was no cap, of course, in baseball. There's the luxury tax. I would suggest for MLSE and Larry Tannenbaum and the guys running the Argos, if they are going to be over the salary cap, they don't care. And by the way, what happened the last time they were over the salary cap? Oh, wait. The commissioner said, <laughs> you're good. We'll let you out with a warning. Got to make a note of that. It's no big deal. And, I mean, it's not like these players were under contract with Calgary when they left. Mm-hmm. Right? Think about it for a second. The last time this league played, they sent out a news release at the end of the year saying there was only one team over the cap, the Toronto Argonauts, but we've decided not to find them. Look, that just came up. I didn't come into this show today expecting to talk about that. That's just kicking over a rock. Look at what we found. Right. Yeah. If you're the Argos, why would you care? It's been shown you're not going to get fined for it. It's just right there in front of your face. Don't come at me for being a hater. This is fact. It's on record. And furthermore, we can get into this later. Because Mike Wilner is joining us to talk Blue Jays next, but... You know, do they really care? They want to win. They're the, ML, they're the heartless, cold, and cruel MLSC. And they've got trophies in their lobby from the NBA and MLS and CFL. What do they care? Right? So, sorry to tell you about Santa Claus. We'll be right... Yeah. <laughs> Hour two of the program is brought to you by Core Grain, doing the right thing for your farm. Mike Wilner's in next. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube, and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports talk for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with a performance package 4.0. 
The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Trust me, you're listening to a happy customer. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. Trust me. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rob. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's the RP Show, episode number 544 of Canada's daytime sports talk show. Coming your way on the Game Plus television network across all 10 provinces and 31 states, soon to be more. YouTube and Facebook live streaming. We'll get to your comments, too. We've unearthed some interesting things with regards to uh, salary cap skullduggery in the Canadian Football League and more. But we're here to talk Blue Jays baseball, and this is a very unusual doubleheader the Jays have as they take on the Angels today in Anaheim. Jays the home team in the first game. First pitch is 407 Mountain. They're the road team in the second game at 807 Mountain. And uh, let's bring in Mike Wilner now, columnist on the Blue Jays, longtime host of Jays Talk, play-by-play voice of the Toronto Blue Jays. How you doing, Mike? Doing all right, thanks, Rod. How are you? Well, 100%. And as the Blue Jays aficionado, historian, and broadcaster you've been for years, the last time you were on, you kind of said with us, you're cautiously optimistic where this team's going. And I'm looking at some of the, the preview going into the game tonight. The Blue Jays as a unit slugging 458. Vladdy slugging percentage of 635. They augmented at the trade deadline, Mike. What a great time it is to be a Blue Jays fan. Yeah, you know what? It, it, it's very reminiscent of what it was like six years ago after the Blue Jays sort of plodded through the first 100 games of the season and then they got a, a real uh, boost at the trade deadline, an infusion of talent, and took off from there. And so far, the script has played out exactly the same. Uh, they were a little better going into the trade deadline than they were in 2015. They got a little less help, but they have taken off just as much nine and two since the deadline they've won 10 of their last 12 games and they are right back in the thick of things so yeah this is a it's a very talented team that has become even more talented they have uh addressed the issues that have been the the biggest problems and let's not forget too that the schedule has opened up dramatically for them they play i think 13 games against playoff teams the rest of the season uh, out of their 52 games so that's going to help a lot, too. I mean, it, you know, it, it wasn't just a coincidence that it was the Kansas City Royals and Cleveland uh, that came in to Rogers Center for that first homestand, and the Blue Jays looked so good. It, a lot of it has to do with how bad Kansas City and Cleveland are. But then they, you know, they're going to play bad teams a lot for the rest of the year. So it's, uh, it's looking pretty good for them, I think. Boy, have I got a lot to ask you. And I'll ask the viewers, too, to chime in with questions for Mike. Wilner, but I mean, they just mowed the competition at Rogers Center. Like you mentioned, the Royals and the Red Sox chief among them. How much of that was the wave of being at home? Yes, they played well, but the adrenaline rush and everything, they, did, they looked so good and so happy to be at home. They did. And you know what? It was a little bit of a surprise for me, I think, because first of all, 18 of the 26 guys had never played as Blue Jays in Toronto before. (laughs) So it wasn't really home to them. And even the rest of them, I mean, 
you know, Randall Gritchick and Tim Mesa are, I think, the longest-serving Blue Jays, and it's been three years, maybe four. Um, Bo Bichette's only played like 40 games in Toronto going into this homestand, and, and uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., maybe 70 or 80. So I was a little surprised to, that, that they were so happy, and, and it, it really did appear genuine. You know, I was a little skeptical. Maybe they're saying all the right things and all that stuff. But they were they were thrilled to be there, thrilled to have their own major league facility, um, thrilled with the crowd that was actually cheering for them, which is something that didn't happen uh, almost at all in Dunedin and didn't happen nearly enough in Buffalo. So I do think that there was a boost. And You know, I've always said that baseball is unlike – um, hockey and basketball in that wanting it more doesn't help you win, right? Uh, in hockey, you can win a battle in the corners. In basketball, you can win a fight for a loose ball. In, in football, you can take the ball away. Uh, baseball, you can't, right? They get their turn, you get your turn, and there's really nothing you can do. Trying harder doesn't work in baseball. Um, they're going to Anna. They're in Anaheim now where the manager, Joe Madden, is famous for saying, try easier because trying harder doesn't work. Um, but there did appear to be a tangible boost to the team from just being at home, from the crowd. And a, a few of them mentioned it to me over the course of the week. I asked them, you know, can can there really be an effect? And they were like, yeah, the energy is, uh, is palpable and you feel it and it gives you a little boost. And, um, and they, they were able to run roughshod over Kansas City and Cleveland. I mean, they... they won six out of seven, and I don't think broke a sweat in any one of those wins. Boston was a little bit, uh, pardon me, tougher. Uh, the last three games were all one-run games, and they won two of them. But um, but a 9-2 and two homestand is a 9-2 and two homestand. Really interested to get your take on this. I'm just going to play word association, Mike. It's the first thing that comes to mind when I say George Springer. Um, a, a force. Look, he has been um, everything they hoped he would be and more. American League Player of the Week each of the last two weeks. He's the first Blue Jay ever to do that. Um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. did not have a great homestand. He did hit a couple of home runs, and both of them were big. Uh, but he hasn't really been hitting terribly well for him lately. And it's been seamless. They've, again, won 10 of 12 without major contributions from Vladdy because of what George Springer has been able to do. Uh, and it was it was kind of cool that he did it in front of Alex Cora, the Boston series. Cora was one of the architects of the Astros cheating scheme who, yeah, Springer went along with, like everybody else went along with. And that's he's going to have to wear that for the rest of his career. But... Um, to do it in front of Cora, I think, was uh, was especially special. You know, as you talk and I think about the matchup tonight, Vladdy versus Shohei Otani, in football, and I spent 20 years in the Canadian Football League as a play-by-play guy, we always talked about quarterback matchups, right, Mike? And the quarterbacks themselves would say, we're not on the field at the same time. It's not a matchup of us two. What about this matchup tonight, Vladdy versus Shohei? Is that a yeah, – Yeah, I mean, look yeah, – yeah, talk about it, please. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. They're not on the field at the same time, right? And and they're and even you know in football, where the quarterback sort of runs the show and controls the play every play, 
these guys are just one of nine in the lineup and, and they'll both be expected to uh, get big hits in big situations. And maybe, you know, the one who does will have won the battle, quote unquote, between the two of them. But it's just going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be fun watching the two best hitters in the league playing in the same game. And uh, it's, it's you know, might be even more fun on Thursday when Otani pitches against them. Um, it's it's just going to be, it's not going to be a who's going to win the MVP referendum. Uh, it's going to be just, let's watch this and enjoy it. Yeah. How much do you hear about that referendum? Because I'm looking, they were both all-stars, yes. But I mean, they're talking about Shohei is the greatest player potentially in Major League Baseball history. And you, you hear that argument too. Like how much of a referendum is it? Or do we have to wait to see how this plays out this regular season? I mean, I think if things go the way they've gone, then Otani's the MVP without question. And Vlad is the unanimous number two and maybe even like hopefully gets a, a few first place votes. But I, I mean, when you're leading the league in home runs and having an incredible season offensively and throwing 100 innings at above average with um, you know a ton of strikeouts and an ERA in the threes, how can you not be the MVP? I mean, nobody else can do that. And and you're doing it, Otani's doing it at such a high level uh, where he's a top of the rotation starter and an MVP type bat. There's no question. As, as much as I've enjoyed watching what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has done, and even if Vladdy wins the triple crown and overtakes Otani for the home run lead, uh, it's very hard to imagine anyone but Shohei Otani winning the MVP um, so long as he stays healthy and so long as he continues to be productive on the mound. If he, if he slipped to the point where he was a below-average pitcher and having an incredible season at the plate where someone was having an incredible-er season at the plate, then maybe you could see it. But right now, um, you know, if, if Shohei Otani was a hitter only, then I would say Guerrero's the MVP. But given that Otani is doing what he's doing on the mound as well as leading the league in home runs, I mean, they're just, they're, there isn't a question, unfortunately. Yeah, and that's Flatty's having his great season, but they're both having great seasons. How about that? From our viewers, uh, Jeff Cabellos in Winnipeg says, Otani's still my pick for MVP unless he somehow drops off in production. Uh, from Get Dagger in Edmonton, he says, Otani should get Cy Young and Vladdy should get the MVP if he wins the Triple Crown. From Spider Dan watching on YouTube, Otani, no questions asked as much as I'm a Jays fan, best pitcher and hitter on his team, I would suggest in the, Amer- in the American League, maybe in the game. And William May in Lloyd Minster says, I know where I'll be at 4.07 p.m. watching the Jays. Mike, how exciting is it to be where you are in the epicenter of Blue Jays Nation and seeing the country wake up to what the Blue Jays are doing. Because as you know, the country isn't always dialed into the Toronto Blue Jays. You've been following them long enough. But when they get on a run, they are. And it started earlier than normal this year. Do you sense it? Do you feel it? I mean, I do now. Uh, (laughs) You know, without uh, doing what I'm doing anymore as far as, you know, hosting a post-game show and being on, on the air coast to coast to coast, uh, it is more difficult for me to get a sense of, of what, the prairies are feeling and what's going on in BC as far as the blue Jays go in Manitoba and the East. And, and um, so, yeah, I, I hope the country has sort of picked up on it. I know that the uh, 
the return of the CFL is getting a lot of attention uh, west of Ontario for sure, um, which is great. Uh, but but it's nice to to have the whole country coming together because look, it's, it's the one baseball team in the, in the country, and it's having uh, they're having a great year. They they really have have picked it up when they've needed to with the reinforcements that they've gotten. And I, I, you know, I know what it's like to have the whole country behind you. I was around in, in 15 and 16 and I was uh, not in, in that position, but in 92 and 93 and I, I was there and it's, it's great. And it's just too bad that there's not, um, you know, the people aren't able to travel as much and, and that there are only 15,000 people allowed in the seats. Um, that's a whole other discussion. It would be great if, if we saw the, the whole, you know, people holding signs up, I travel 5,800 kilometers to be here and, and stuff like that. Uh, that may not happen this year, may not happen until next year. Um, but, but it could, um, so it, it really is, it's, it's heartwarming to see how much of the country is, is behind this team. And it's a, it's a wonderfully entertaining baseball team. Yeah, well, and they've earned it. And uh, as I've told you in the past, I used to opt those games on 1190 CFSL Weyburn. I loved it so much. And used to tape the Tom Cheek Daily Baseball Report. Loved it so much. Um, my last question for you, Mike. Yeah, my last question. Well, I, I, I always got to bring up Tom because he's still he's in your Twitter. Uh, so I know what he means to you. Uh, just lastly, do the Blue Jays have enough? I mean, they were a contender. Their record said they were before the trade deadline. And now this but there's still a lot of teams between them and the division lead. I mean, what would be a success for them in your mind? What, and how do you maybe see this playing out? Are they good enough to go all the way? I don't think the, I don't think the division matters. I, I, I think that, you know, unfortunately, it's, it's Tampa Bay is a little too good to pick up that kind of ground on them. I mean, look at what they, they did to Boston uh, this weekend. And I think in um, two weeks, they've shaved, Five and a half, six games off of Boston's lead. Uh, Boston was in first place when the Blue Jays played them at the end of July and and split that four game series at Fenway. Uh, they are no longer. Uh, I, but see, the thing is, Boston is not a very good team, and and they're showing that they were sort of a, um, a house of of mirrors, if you will. Um, they, they were, uh, an illusion and it's the glass is shattered now. And I think the Red Sox are going to wind up finishing fourth in the American league East. Um, but I do think the blue Jays are one of the best teams in the league now with the additions of Jose Barrios, um, Tim Meza getting hurt doesn't help. And, uh, Joaquin Soria, one of the pitchers they picked up getting hurt doesn't help, but they still have a much, much, much stronger bullpen than they did. And the starting pitching, you know, with a top four of Ryu, Ray, Barrios, and Manoa, um, that's serious. And they, they've got a, a team ERA under three since the All-Star break. Uh, even with Ryu blowing up on Sunday like he did, the, the <laughs> starter's ERA was 225 for the homestand, which is just silly. Um, yeah, I would be very, very surprised if the Blue Jays don't get a wild card. Um, I don't know whether it'll be the first or second. I don't know if the wild card game will be in Toronto or if they'll have to go. Uh, it's funny, two weeks ago we were assuming that the wild card game would be at Fenway because Boston had all but locked it up. And now Boston is showing what they are, and they did not 
get better at the trade deadline. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a battle between the Blue Jays, the Yankees, and A's for those two wild card spots. And I think the Blue Jays are easily the best team of the three. Yeah, and George Springer's healthy now, and as we knew, he can win games by himself, and uh, he did it the other night. <laughs> so, Mike, always enjoy the visit, my friend. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the ride. Hopefully we can do it here before it's all said and done. All right. Thanks for having me. Mike Wilner joining us from Toronto talking Blue Jays baseball. When we come back, we got a Tuesday sports update for you and overtime viewer takeover. You're watching the RP show on Game Plus, YouTube and Facebook live streaming and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back, everybody. I was going to get into a sports update here. Then I just read it, and it's all full of Blue Jays and baseball stuff. And I thought we just talked about that for 20 minutes. So let's talk about something else. But the moose is here. Hi. How are you, my man? You've been in and out of here like a firefly. What's going on? No, I'm good. Everything good. good with you? Things are great. Okay, good. I don't mind talking about the baseball, however. Uh, Rennie Bassett's watching on Facebook, and he says, why can't Major League Baseball get rid of interleague games? Would like to see more games against the Central and West Divisions instead of Blue Jays and NL teams. I like interleague games. I like them a lot. I wish they had it when the Expos were around. My God, they'd have the ambulance circling Olympic Stadium when the Blue Jays and Expos played. Oh, I know. Brought it in either right when the Expos left or shortly after. I love it. Yeah. Blue Jays, Mets. From Rocco, Ryan Baracco, tech producer. Loving the show today, everyone. If he does, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. Where are you on interleague play? Maybe, maybe that should have been the poll question. I love interleague play. Yeah, I think it's cool. I think they do it enough. I think, you know, just a, f- a few series throughout the season is a lot. That's enough. Um, but it gives you a, a, a taste of what's happening in the other league and how you match up. And it's not quite so foreign. I think that's important. I think it's important for the other markets to come through. So I like interleague play. Uh, really weird without it. From, I guess it's a scoop. I tweeted this earlier that I'm told there's a buyer for the Calgary Stampeders. And I'm not going to tell you any more than that, but let's just say (laughs) it's a very solid source. From the Shreveport Pirates on Twitter, they've they've written me. Please tell me it's Bernie Gleiberman, which means nothing to you, does it? That's the the funny thing when the Gleibermans come up. This is from the Shreveport Pirates. The Gleibermans used to own this report pirates and if i may the gleibermans made them what they are today a defunct professional football team non-existent <laughs> um of course everybody in the calgary media is all covering this up like a turd in the sandbox they don't want to deal with it the report that i got the tip that i got was that the stampeders have been for sale for like a year and a half they found the guy he wants to remain private and that they're fairly down the road in terms of talks. Wouldn't that be something? 
I don't know. I mean, it kind of it would depend yeah. on who the buyer is. But there's a lot of guys out there with money. There's always there's always money, right? There's always money, and if somebody's excited about buying the Calgary Stampeders, that's a good thing for the league. That's a good thing for Calgary because that means somebody's interested and they're excited and they want to invest time and money and they want to grow it. And those are all good things. You know, are we are we where are we at with the Calgary Flames owning the Calgary Stampeders? Well, they currently own them. No, I know. But is that good for the Calgary Stampeders? Are they doing the right things for the Calgary Stampeders? Are they the right fit in that market, right? Or do the Calgary Stampeders in, that, in, in Calgary, do they need a shot in the arm? Do they need new blood, right? And if that's the case, if it feels stale, if it feels like it needs a shakeup, then new ownership would be great. But if things are great in Calgary, then maybe we don't need new ownership. Well, it's going to happen no matter what you and I think. Well, that's right. Right. The, that's what right. we've heard out of Calgary is that the Stampeders aren't necessarily a priority in that conglomerate. Yeah. Um, the NHL people have told me that, you know, the Flames people, they're like, our budget's up here, CFL's here. And I'm like, so what? One's dollars, one's dimes. Again, so what? That's, it. that's the business of the league, but... Maybe the focus within that ownership structure is commensurate with that. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So, yeah, that's a story for people to kick around in Calgary for a while. Interesting that that source would come to me. You know what I'm saying? Yep, I do. I mean, there's other, there's Calgary media, but we are Calgary media. When you think about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're on the air in Calgary. That's right. So... Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Spicy. Well, William and Lloyd Minster watching and says, uh, now we need the Lions to have a new owner. Oh, Mike O'Moran on Facebook says, it's amazing Calgary kept it quiet for this long. But maybe it's not a new scoop, Moose. I'm just finding out about it today. Right. Might have been in the works. Obviously, it's been in the works for a little while. Usually is. Usually is that way. But now you start to wonder, how long has this been going on for? Uh, A sports update. The CFL announced its players of the week for week one. They are Ottawa DB Abdul Kanna, Ottawa linebacker Avery Williams, and Winnipeg uh, running back Brady Oliveira, who had 126 yards rushing in the Bombers' season opening win over Hamilton. The Detroit Red Wings and winger Jacob Verana agreed to a three-year contract worth $5.25 million per season today. Verana, a 25-year-old Czech, had eight goals and three assists in 11 games last season. He's a point-of-game guy. The Capitals sent Vrana, Richard Panic, 2021 first and 2022 second-round picks to Detroit for Anthony Mantha. Luka Doncic welcomed, his, welcomed all his bosses with the Dallas Mavericks to his home country of Slovenia to watch the young superstar sign the richest contract in club history. Now that the record rookie Supermax extension of $207 million is in the books, it's back to the business of trying to win for a franchise that hasn't advanced to the playoffs since winning its only championship 10 years ago. And soccer star Lionel Messi has finalized agreement on his Paris Saint-Germain contract. Am I saying that right? And is flying to France to complete the move. Did I say that right? Which one? Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah. Thank you. I think that was pretty good. A person with knowledge of the negotiations told the Associated Press that the 34-year-old former Barcelona star 
has agreed to a two-year contract with the option for a further season. The person says Messi is expected to earn around $40 million U.S. annually. That's all. No big deal. No, no big NBD. It's probably underpaid. This sports update for Dub Network. This sports update for DubNetwork.ca. Okay, we're sitting here talking about what the Stampeders are going to be sold for. $40 million per year. <laughs> One guy. It's like a decade's worth of salary in the Canadian right. Football League. Just the way it is. Yeah. This sports update for dubnetwork.ca, your number one source for Western Hockey League breaking news and information. Visit today, dubnetwork.ca. And for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars, RP Show viewers get 20% off with a promo code RP Show. Order yours now at g2gbars.ca. We'll be right back with overtime. You're watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube, and Facebook Live, and 24 hour sports radio for Suds, full service car wash at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Welcome back. It is overtime. It's proudly brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the UFC and the Seattle Kraken Fan Club. Whatever is on your mind, bring it to us. Um, It is viewer takeover. We always do it in this segment. And Deb writes us, Moose, from Toronto on the Prairie Mobile text line. She says, hi, guys. I love when you all go off topic, tell stories, and laugh. You're also down to earth. To the team, keep up the good work. Loving the show even more every time I watch. That's from Deb. You got to love Deb. Oh, yeah. Texts like that will guarantee they always get read. (laughs) You like when we don't have a script and have no plan? We're your guys. Yeah, welcome. (laughs) What do we got? What do we got? Clark tells me breaking news out of the Toronto Argonauts. It better be big. McLeod Bethel-Thompson is the starting quarterback. I rang the bell for that. That's breaking news? Wait a second. So wait, the starting quarterback is the starting quarterback? Yeah. Uh, In other news, (laughs) Bob, no planes crashed at the airport last night. Bob's your uncle. We we need bigger breaking news than that. Uh, Regarding the Argos going over the salary cap, I'd mentioned when they signed all these big-name guys in the offseason that they would – and again, I don't really care. I don't know what they signed for. Let's remember that the CFL contracts are not transparent, not made public. So how do we know whether they're over the cap or not? You're just guessing. But I said, at worst comes to worst, they'll cut a bunch of guys coming out of training camp. And if you notice, Moose, they didn't. That's right. But I don't think they're paying Macbeth a half a million dollars. Darn sure they're not paying Fatty Arbuckle a half million dollars. Charleston Hughes, they got on a deal. Cam Judge, they were in a betting war for, but Martavis Bryant wasn't coming here for millions. Right. Anyways, Metal Shingle Guy writes in and he says, with profit sharing in the future, the Heartland can send money to MLSE. They need help signing guys. He's referring to the Prairies in Saskatchewan as the heartland of the CFL and that they can send money. Like, I, 
I don't know. The fact that the CFL is even playing, given what we've been through here with COVID, is a miracle to me. So like an absolute bloody miracle to me that they're playing from what the financial picture was, from what I was told and what I saw to the fact that they're playing and they're selling out state. Good for them. But I can't think that these teams that are selling out their stadiums are, would be real willing to write checks to the teams that are rumored to be over the cap or are, from a business standpoint, mismanaging their franchises, not marketing them properly, not getting people through the doors. And Metal Shingo guy brings up the good point. These te- and this has been going on in the CFL for 50 years. Why are we talking about this like it's new? The Prairie teams, the teams that make money, subsidizing the teams that don't, and then losing to them. Why did they put up with that for so many years? And, and, and it might happen again. Of course. <laughs> it's not the Argos' fault. That what? Is spending more, all this money? It's I mean, the- and they're getting away with it. It's all fine. I mean, yeah. It's been going on for a long time. It's not new. Well, they don't currently have... Well, I guess they do. They do have revenue sharing. My God, but it was in the financial statement a couple of years ago. Saskatchewan, Winnipeg sent over $600,000 to Montreal. They already have revenue sharing. I don't get it. Why do I get sucked into this all the time? It's... But, I mean, the league wouldn't be here without revenue sharing either. Like, it's not a complete capitalist society where it's, we'll make our money and you deal with yourself. Because guess what? We'd end up with a three or four team league some years. And that's just not going to work either. Mm-hmm. So you spend a little money to keep those other teams afloat so that you can continue to make your money. That's just part of doing business. Well, it'll be a fun 24 hours. See if anybody picks up on this hot rumor that the Calgary Stampeders have a buyer. Tom Geiger watching an oil country, writes in, he says, uh, Brett Wilson may have an interest in the Stampeders. Strong Calgary guy, Nashville Predators minority owner. Spoke out to get a new stadium for the Flames. Has said McMahon needs replacement. Wouldn't that be something? Brett Wilson could buy the Calgary Stampeders with the change that's in the dash of his car. That is a fact. But if you want to make a million dollars and become a millionaire... Start with a billion dollars and own a CFL team. You'll be a millionaire before you know it. Big Winnipeg day tomorrow on the program. Sean Reynolds joining us from Sportsnet Winnipeg. And Carson Lambos, Winnipeg Ice defenseman, Minnesota Wild prospect, just went in the NHL draft here uh, in July. That'll be great. Uh, thanks to Gene Principe today, Mike Wilner. Any parting shots, Moose? I'm good. He's good? Alan, thanks for all you do. We'll see you tomorrow at noon Eastern right here on Game Plus TV. We don't know what we're doing. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.